The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you've wanted to go behind the scenes with your favorite sports figure or entertainment personality, this is the show for you. Darnell has successfully bridged the gap between both and is ready to share his stories and his guest stories with you. Now, here's Darnell. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome back to another episode of Outside the Spotlight. I am your host, Darnell Autry. Uh, I am in the uh, studio myself today uh, jd is off uh he is out and he has decided to go to vegas uh so enjoy your little vacay my man uh, be safe uh don't spend too much money um so I, I figured i'd start the show out first of all it's fashion friday so i'm in the studio right now i'm rocking a bow tie and a vest uh, i'm channeling my inner peewee herman because i got all gray on with a little red red bow tie and i figured out how to how to tie one like i don't know last week or two weeks ago and i'm like oh man i got i gots to get in it so i figured out how to tie it even though it took me an hour this morning to get it right i got it right so today i'm representing fashion friday and i decided that uh every other friday i think i'm just going to do fashion friday you know just you know push the push the envelope a little bit for myself you know broaden my horizons if you will i think i'm going to try to try to work a, a ascot in if uh if my fashion coordinator can get that going and by fashion coordinator i mean my sister danielle so i want to take also a minute because i know that they're listening my sister danielle and my niece amaya i love you guys very very much and thank you very much for being a part of my life and uh and making me smile every day because um you know you guys have no idea how important and how much you mean to me so i uh I want to thank you very, very much. Uh, so, I figured I'd start out with a little bit of uh, uh, some football news. Uh, Grant had a very busy week this week, so uh, now I got to read uh, all my notes off my phone because uh, Grant didn't get it to me in time, so I could go ahead and print them up. That's all right. You fired Grant again, okay? I'm sick of this. Fired. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Grant. I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, so I figured I'd start out with a little bit of... Uh, um, Football news, and first I'd like to also make the announcement, this is our 24th episode, which, by the way, 24 is my favorite number, not that that means anything, but I'm just saying, just saying. Uh, anyway, a uh, little bit of football news, uh, the Combine, uh, RG3 went out there and did the complete damn thing, I mean, if he ran a 4-4, uh, 40, uh, Second fastest time behind Michael Vick, and I think Vick ran a four three three or something crazy like that. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's interesting to me that at the end of the last football season, everybody was like, "Oh wow, you know, what are we gonna do?" You know, they they had this whole terminology, and I think I talked about it on a show about playing for luck. You know, uh, the two worst teams, uh, Indianapolis Colts and St. Louis Rams, and they were thinking, "Well, you know, are they gonna are they gonna be throwing games?" You know, or are they going to be playing as hard or whatever to try and get that first pick? 
And everybody thought and everybody just assumed that, yeah, you know, we know that RG3 is a good player, um, but we just know that, that Luck is our guy. Luck is the the hands-down favorite. He's the best quarterback coming out this year. And then RG3 comes out and he goes to the combine and blows it away, just just goes nuts, you know, vertical crazy, speed's crazy. Uh, I don't know, they don't talk much about the accuracy of the arm, but, uh, you know, Whatever. So he blows it out. His numbers, his stats are amazing. So now you're going, wow, who would I want to be in the draft? Like if I was a team, who would I want to be? I know for a fact that I would not want to be the Indianapolis Colts. I would not want that issue on my hands at all. Because I'll tell you this, if Peyton Manning is healthy, I'm not sure how you go about not playing him when he's brought your team so much success. And you, you got to renegotiate and figure out what this, this $28 million bonus and all that stuff. Cause obviously the, you know, neck injuries, you know, that's, you don't, you don't, you don't anticipate that it's something like that's going to happen. So, you know, this $28 million is built into this contract and it's supposed to be coming up, I think in the next week or so here where they have to negotiate whether or not to, to pay him the money or renegotiate or whatever. And I'll tell you what, it, it has been the news and the word on the streets and all that for the last, I don't know, since the football season ended, I guess, has just been chaos in Indianapolis. I mean, just complete chaos. You know, what are they going to keep him? Are they going to get rid of him? Is he going to go somewhere else? And if he goes somewhere else, does Indianapolis get something for him? And, you know, and if he's healthy, do you keep him? Do you keep both of them? I mean, it still it still seems like, you know, from the news and what's going on out there, it still seems like that that luck is still going to be the first pick. But I'll tell you what, the chaos and turmoil that Indianapolis is going through right now has got to be chaos. I mean, it's got to be so frustrating. And I know Ursay probably loves it because again, this is now he's now taking back the team, and he seems like that kind of guy that wants to be the face of Indianapolis. So I'm sure he's, he's, he's not minding the, the, the attention. Now, what he may mind is if this whole thing blows up in his face. If, if Peyton Manning decides, okay, you know what? I'm healthy, but you guys are clearly going to go a different direction. You're going to take luck. We want to go somewhere else. You know, we're, we, we want out. And then Indianapolis tries to trade out and try to get something for him. Uh, you know, if he's not in, if he's injured, then, you know, I get it. I see where you're going with it. But if he's healthy and he, and he's back to form, uh, yeah, I know you got a plan for the future, but man, I, I, that's, that's an ugly, ugly spot. Although who I would love to be right now is the St. Louis Rams. Man, talk about an opportunity. Now you have the second pick. RG3 blows up, goes crazy, goes nuts. Now you got all these teams that are behind you that want to move up, that want RG3 that could use his services and now you got to decide and now you're 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 the all the cards are in your hand if you're the Rams and they've already made the announcement like hey listen we are going to trade this pick so now what do you got now the Rams they've got a lot of holes and let's not get it twisted Indianapolis has a lot of holes as well but the Rams have had a lot of holes for a very long time. It's been a minute since the, the greatest show on turf, since they've been a, a, a really formidable team. So they've got a lot of holes and a lot of needs. And yeah, I think, I do think that they are turning it around. I do think that they are, 
on the upswing. I, I, I don't, I think that Bradford, if he can stay healthy, is, is still a young guy. I think he's got, uh, he's got a lot of potential and I think, uh, I think he's gonna be okay. I think he's gonna be a good quarterback. But man, what an opportunity if you take two or three picks for your second pick. Do you take two or three picks plus a veteran? I mean, there's all these different things that you can do when you're the St. Louis Rams. Cause you're sitting back going, hmm. What do I need? What can I get? You know? And I know that Cleveland is number three. I think Cleveland is either three or four. But if you're in that top, you know, three or four pick, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, your future is, is, is built on this draft, right? I mean, there, there's been tons of teams that have drafted really badly and, and taken first rounders and taken first picks that has kind of blown up in their face. But this year seems like it's going to be a really, really intriguing one because, you know, what, what does, what do the Rams do and how much do they get for their second round pick? Cause they've already said they're going to get, you know, get rid of it. It's going to be interesting to see what Indianapolis does. Cleveland needs their, needs help really bad. Uh, I, and, I, and I don't even know if they've, they're number three pick or number four pick, but either way, if you're the St. Louis Rams, you, you are thanking your lucky stars that one, you ended up in second, because at first you were like, ah oh, man, damn, that sucks. Now you're like, wow, RG3 went, went off, we don't need a quarterback, and we're not gonna pay him that kind of money to be like a slot guy or a, uh, uh, you know, running the, the, the wildcat. So now you, you're sitting back and you can get three or four picks for that. And I think that's, I mean, it, it, it worked out for St. Louis because, because God knows they definitely, definitely need it. So, uh, I, I'm excited to see what happens amongst that, you know, in that whole thing. Um, the other news that came out, it looks like, uh, Minnesota got a new stadium for, uh, a new 700, uh, $975 million stadium. They're gonna build it on the old, uh, Metrodome site, I guess. Um, which is good for them. Uh, they need that, again, cause they got ceilings and whatnot falling down on their head. Uh, looks like, uh, Tony, the, the Cowboys come out, I don't know why this is important, but the <laughs> Cowboys came out and said they will not trade Romo for luck. Uh, or they wouldn't trade Romo for luck or RG3. Uh, let's not get carried away. Now, I understand what you're saying, though. If you're talking about instant right now, like winning right now, you, you, you keep Romo around for right now and let these guys develop. However, for long term, the potential, uh, I think you take luck and or RG3 over Romo. Uh, I, I feel, I, I know, I know that, I know Tony's got, uh, Tony's been plagued with that. He just doesn't have that it thing. You know, he doesn't have that thing that can get him over the top. But I will say that he has not necessarily always been surrounded with, uh, uh, the best talent. However, he's had a lot of talent. I don't know if he's been surrounded by the best talent. On top of that, I feel like some teams just have so much drama all the time, it seems like. Seems like there's just some kind of internal, you got, you know, Jerry Jones and you had Wade Phillips and you have this new coach now, and I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. But you had all the, it seems like you had all this internal, uh, uh, drama about, you know, who's gonna play, and then you had T.O. at some point, and then you had, uh, uh, you had all the running back issues that they had, Marion Barber and, and Felix Jones and all these different things. It, it just, it, it never seemed like Dallas had, uh, that they were set, that they were stable. 
did they come out in the last, it seems like the last two or three years, Dallas has been the team that everybody's like, oh, we got to watch Dallas because they got all the, they've got on paper, they got a lot of talent, they got a lot of talent. But it just seems like that they always seem to get in their own way with all the talent that they have and, and just chaos just seems to, 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 to brew over there and it just kind of, I think it gets in their way. I, and, I, and I think, I love Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones is, is, a, is a diehard Dallas guy. You know, I mean, he does everything about his team and for his team. Uh, I love those diehard guys that come out and they, they blast everybody else and, you know, talk bad about everybody else. But their team, their, their team is the best. And I think that's exactly how it's supposed to be. I mean, if you're the owner of the team, you should be all about your team. And I don't think that there are some owners out there that are not as enthusiastic and that are not as, uh, uh, I guess you'd say outgoing and the face of their, of their franchise like Jerry Jones is. Jerry Jones gets down there and he feels, he seems like he gets himself in the mix. He is, there's nothing that happens in Dallas that Jerry Jones doesn't know. And there's nothing that happens in Dallas that Jerry Jones doesn't okay. And again, if I'm the owner, and I let's say I know nothing about football, then I surround myself with people that know a lot about football and I learn from them and I stick close to them. If I'm if I'm an owner and I'm a huge football fan and I know everything about it and I'm really involved, I still surround myself with people that know football uh, with the details and all that stuff more than I do, and then I'm still equally involved. So I, I, I get it. I get I get the. Um, uh, uh, the, the hands on, uh, cause again, it's your franchise, it's your team. And I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think that's how he made his money. I think he's an oil guy or something like that. But, um, you know, there's some, some owners that, you know, this football thing is kind of like a, a sideshow thing. It's kind of like, uh, a hobby. Uh, and then there are owners that you can tell, like Jerry Jones, that, uh, you know, he's in the mix. This is his thing. This is his passion. He touches everything. He's the face of everything. Uh, you know, and, and, and I, and I love those kind of guys. I really do. You know, the Mark Cubans of the world. I, I really love those guys. However, you know, the, the, the backlash of these guys is sometimes, you know, they can get in the way and they can, they can prevent you from, uh, taking the necessary steps and, and doing the necessary evils and making the necessary moves. Like, you know, I think, I think Tony Romo is definitely loved by the Cowboys. I think he's loved in Dallas. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, talk to Indianapolis where you got to make those tough decisions and go, wow, you know, where are we at right now? And, and what moves do we need to make? To, to, to change the path that we're going because right now we have so much talent. I mean, I do think Dallas has a lot of talent, but I just don't think that they have, uh, obviously they haven't put it together, um, the way they need to, to get, to get themselves over the hump. So I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I think, you know, future wise, yeah, I take RG3 and luck, but for now to win, I guess you, you stick with Romo. So we're going to take a break. Uh, I'm going to get back with a little bit more, uh, sports news. Uh, maybe a little baseball, a little college basketball, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, and then we'll come up with the, uh, the question of the week. So we'll be right back. Dario Autry, Voice America, OTS. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Uh, thank you very much, Wendy. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it's... It, for me, it's now starting losing its uh, losing its fire for me because I, you know, I'm getting frustrated. I don't know what the lady's name is, but she does a great job, so I appreciate it. Whatever her name is, anyway. Uh, so I wanted to get back. There's a, a, a two things that I saw on the uh, on the web earlier today uh, before the show that I wanted to address uh, regarding the NFL. First and foremost, uh, I guess it's this big breaking news that. Um, the uh New Orleans Saints came out and said, "Hey, you know, um we have been we've we've had this uh bounty program uh on our defense and uh and basically what it is is, you know, it's a thing that happens in the locker room where guys go, "Hey, you know, the team says, "Hey, we'll pay you a certain amount of money if you can knock out players. If you get a they had they have a one that's for a knockout and then one for a card off or whatever, and like fifteen hundred dollars if you knock someone out on the field, and then another thousand dollars if you uh, uh, you know have someone carted off the field and then and then they, and then they went in and said, you well, know more specifically, and this was in the last this has been happening the last two years that uh you know they've been putting bigger bounties on like quarterbacks like Kurt Warner and and Brett Favre, and and so and 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 it's coming out that not only that Peyton Manning, uh, Sean Peyton, not Peyton Manning, Sean Peyton, the head coach, he he was well aware that this was happening, and you know he didn't do anything to stop it, and I guess they asked him to stop it back in 2010, and they didn't do it, and uh, I I have to say that it it, it doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't surprise me, and it, it, what does surprise me is that it actually came out, that, that somebody actually is talking about it. Um, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, they, they, they've been doing this probably for a long, long time around the NFL, around professional sports in general, but specifically these sports that are physical in nature and that you can – you know, it, it is a big deal if you can if Kurt Warner gets knocked out of the game. It is a big deal if Peyton Manning gets knocked out of the game. I mean, that, that those kinds of uh, – 
you know, injuries or these kinds of, uh, 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 I guess you call them injuries or whatever, you know, that they have their name, their, you know, other the opponent's main player leave the game. I mean, they they do in fact they do impact the outcome of the game, and so it, it doesn't surprise me uh, that that teams that have have done this, and that you know they've been doing reward systems too for you know interceptions and tackles and sacks and offensive. You get a score, or you you know you get you get a great block or i mean so these kind of incentives have been going on for a long long time and it really is surprising that you know this actually came out because it, you know there's there's this kind of code in the locker room that we don't we don't talk about stuff like that you know this stays amongst us and you know so it it it, it doesn't surprise me i don't necessarily i don't agree with it obviously i mean cuz anytime you're going out to intentionally hurt a player uh is not good not good i mean you know it, 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 Outside, off the field, you know, a lot of these guys are friends. Uh, a lot of these guys hang out, you know, in the off season. A lot of these guys, you know, went to college together. A lot of these guys even went to high school together. So, you know, th- there is a camaraderie outside of the field with some guys, and then there are some guys that just don't get along with other guys. You know, uh, so you know, I-, I guess it's I guess it's just like everything else in in the world. Uh, sometimes you like some guys, some guys you don't like, and you know when you get an opportunity to hit someone you don't like, you know you're gonna take your shot. Uh, I I I'm not an advocate of of dirty play. I think that's that's not good. That that definitely hurts the uh, the integrity of the game. And you know you don't want anybody getting cheap shotted and ended up you know ending their career. Uh, but at the same time, you know this is football and it's a, it's a rough sport. It's a rough sport across the board. And after week three. Everyone, everyone is hurt somehow, some way. Someone's got a jammed thumb, someone's got a sprained knee, somebody's got a dislocated finger, someone's got a sore shoulder, someone's got turf toe, someone's got, I mean, it, it, it goes on and on and on. And it's a, it's a rough sport. It really is. And I, it's only going to get rougher. Uh, as the guys get bigger, faster, stronger, and, and, you know, the, the, the public wants to see bigger hits and things, and I know the NFL is trying to, uh, counterbalance that. Uh, there's a lot of old school guys that would say, you know, these players nowadays are not as tough as they used to be. Uh, you know, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I do think that back in the day they, you know, allowed a lot more things to, to go. I know that they didn't have the same kind of, you know, scientific, uh, um, Health doctors that could that could go out and 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 help support the NFL. I know the NFL is a lot. It's a it's a big money maker now. So you know there's a bigger price tag put on players nowadays than there used to be. And you know the fans want to see their guys play, and they don't want to see them injured. And you know and and I think also that you know these players that are here that are in the league now, you know they came up in a different kind of environment than than the guys from the, you know the throwback kind of players where you know the World War Two going on and all these different things, Vietnam and all those kind of things going on. And I, I think that, that, that in general, America, I guess, was a different place. And I think nowadays, I think these guys are bigger, faster, stronger. I do think it takes, uh, um, you know, these guys are, you know, coming in, you know, bringing hits that are that are far harder and far faster than they used to be back in the day. Just because the size, the size of these guys, the speed of these guys, the sports training and the working out and the lifting, I mean... This was this is now a full time year round job, and so you know, these uh, you know back in the day when it was you know they rarely worked out. Yes, they were tough. No, they didn't have the same face mask, and no, they didn't have the same shoulder pads. But I'll tell you what, 
You know, if those guys played in, in this league nowadays, wow, they would need it. They would absolutely need it. So I, I think that the game is, has evolved the way that the players have evolved. And, and here's my thing. Here's, here's the thought of the day. I'm thinking in the future that eventually, and this is just a sidebar of what I was just talking about, in the future, for safety purposes, I think that the helmet eventually will be attached to the shoulder pads with some kind of thing, some kind of strap or some kind of uh, uh, um, harness or connection of some sort so that when you get hit, your neck doesn't go back or forward, it actually just stiffens up. Now, that obviously I think would help prevent uh, uh, you know, neck injuries and things like that. The other side of it is I also think that they would, that this would help cushion the blow and dispense the, you know, diffuse the, the impact and, and hopefully lead to less concussions. And again, I have no science background in this. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm thinking maybe this is a genius idea. Maybe somebody should call me about that and we could talk about it. Maybe we could make a hundred million dollars on it. I don't know. But the other side of it is, is now, the defensive guys that have this harness and things, if the neck doesn't, I mean, now you're really a weapon. Now you can just come flying around, head head down, head up, whatever, and know that you're not going to get injured. So now you can really, really bring it. So it's not so much the head anymore. Now it's going to be the knees and the body and, and the arms and all that stuff. These guys are going to go flying around. But it's just a thought. I'm just saying, you know, just just throwing ideas out here, just trying to uh, see if I can't help revolutionize the game. Uh, so... Let's get on to other sports. So, other sports news. Uh, Major League Baseball just announced that they added uh, two wild cards to the AL and NL uh, playoffs, which I think is great because, again, I'm, I'm all about letting the, 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 uh, the underdogs get a shot. And essentially wild card teams would be underdogs, obviously, if they didn't win their divisions or whatever. Um, so wild cards, I'm always a big fan of that. Uh, I also read something real uh, online. I can't remember what the guy's name is. Uh, it looks like is it Winsel or Weasel or well, I don't know what is what what the guy's name is. Uh, yeah, Winsel. He he actually starts talking about how we're getting really really close to having a four game playoff in the uh, for college football, which I think would be great. And again, he makes a good point in this article that's on. Um, uh, Yahoo Sports, uh, essentially that this would be the first, this would be the right step towards the right direction in terms of college football. It's time for a playoff system, folks. It just is. It's just time for it. The, the fans want it. The players want it. The coaches want it. Uh, you know, the game needs it. Uh, I think the only thing that's holding it back, and he also mentioned this in an article, is the suits. You know, the people that are, that are getting hundreds of millions of dollars for putting on these bowl games. So, you know, it, it's time. It really is. It's time. And I think four game playoff would be the right step. And then you can just add to it and expand upon that. Um, you know, as you get further along as it evolves, because it, it will eventually evolve and then it'll add more teams and eventually we'll be at a 12 game system and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots to be worked out in terms of the details, but I do like, I do like that article and I do like where it's going and I think it is time that we, that we have that. I want to take a minute to talk about my Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, man, basketball, they came really, really close to beating Ohio State. Uh, 
man, that was heartbreaking. I mean, that was that was tough to take. That was really tough to take. But you know, they've they've got a great season. They've got a great team right now. It's probably the best chance we've had in a long, long time to get into the NCAA tournament, uh, uh, fellas. I think it's time. Let's not stop playing around with it. Let's get into the NCAA. Let's win a couple games in the NCAA. Put that feather in her cap and then build on it for the next couple of years. I think Carmody. I like that coach. I think he's really good. I've met him several times. He's a good guy. He seems to care more about the players themselves and their development as men, sort of like a, uh, uh, your boy, uh, from, from Duke. Uh, I'm having a brain. I can't even remember these guys' names. Uh, anyway, like Shashevsky. Yeah, that's his name. Like Shashevsky, you know, really cares about the development of the player and really cares about playing the game the right way and, and thinking about your future. And again, Duke, Northwestern, similar academically, uh, polar opposites in basketball. Let's be real. But I think we're making the right steps. Sherna on our team. I mean, he's, he's got talent and skills. We've got a couple other kids on there. And again, I have to be honest. I haven't been following it that closely other than keeping an eye on it from a distance and it's it, you know talks are going that you know they might get into the NCAA tournament this year and that would be absolutely amazing for the program it'd be absolutely amazing for the student body because they'd get an opportunity to be a part of it and and I think it'd be great for the school again another part of those things and we're very proud to be I'm very very proud to be a Northwestern Wildcat I'm very proud to be a part of the school I'm very proud to be a part of the Big Ten but I think it's time for Northwestern to really go out there and really uh, uh, stand up and be counted and and it's time to, to take our sports programs uh, to a whole ne- the whole different level. I think Fitz is doing the right things there. I think Carmody's doing the right things in basketball. Uh, you know, our, our women's lacrosse has won like, I don't know, eight national championships or something like that. So we're, we're making some great steps, and I think it's amazing. And I just want to give some kudos to those guys. Um, it looks like also this is the 50th anniversary of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Uh Perhaps the best sports performance ever by an athlete in any game. Uh, let's be real. A hundred points is a lot of damn points. And I don't care if you're the only person over six foot four on the court. A hundred points is a lot to score in a game. And I, I mean, again, I'm not in the best shape in the world, uh, but to run back and forth on your own, let's say you're just by yourself and you're running back and forth and you're scoring on each end, you know, a hundred points, that's a lot of shots. That is a lot of shots. So that's 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 impressive. It always has been impressive. And Wilt, uh, it, you know, it is always impressive. Uh, the numbers uh, that you're talking about with the ladies, I, Wilt, I, I'm telling you, I don't know what the number is, but I know that a few people have said that you would have had to start when you were like six. So I, I don't. I, Wilt, you, you're the man. I, I, I give you that. But man, I mean, those numbers. I don't even know how many. It was like. Some 10,000 women or some crazy number like that. But anyway, this is the 50th. I digress really quickly. Uh, 50th anniversary of Wilt scoring 100 points. Uh, again, it hasn't been done before. It probably never will be done again. Uh, you know, Mike, even Jordan couldn't do it. I mean, the game, the game has evolved. The game's a different place. But still, Wilt, what a, what an incredible, incredible accomplishment. I, I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, so I wanted to, right before the break, I wanted to give you guys the uh, question of the day. And also, I'll remind you guys that if you guys have any questions, if you guys want me to, me and JD to, to debate a question, please feel free to put it on our Facebook page. It's uh, outside of Spotlight uh, on Facebook. Just put your put your uh, your question on there, and we'll uh, we'll pick the best one of the week. So. 
Uh, when we get back from the break, uh, we will go. Uh, so Heinz Ward got cut this, uh, I guess, got cut this week. Uh, and the question of the day is, is he a Hall of Famer? And I wish JD was here because I know he'd have some tons and tons of input about this. But I'm going to give it a good go uh, when we get back uh, from the break. Be back. Darnell Autry, Voice America, OTS. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. And we are back again for our second to last session of this show. And I, I left uh, right before the break with the question of the week. And the question of the week is, Heinz Ward got cut this week. And the question of the week is, is Heinz Ward a Hall of Famer? And I, again... I know Heinz Ward. I don't know him personally. I know of him. Uh, he came in the league a year after me. Obviously, he lasted, oh, I don't know, 13, uh, what, 12 more seasons than I did, or actually 11 more seasons than I did in the NFL. So I, I, I think, you know, I, I, but I, so I'm not, I don't know his stats, if you will. I, don't, I, did, I didn't know them. And so when, when I saw the question, I was like, hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I just don't think so. And then, uh, I started reading some of his numbers and, and some of the information that, that has come out about his career. And he's had an amazing career. Now, we all know that he's been, uh, a, a great, He's been great for the game. I mean, he, he, he plays really hard. He, he's that, he's that story that, hey, you know, you don't have to be the biggest, you don't have to be the fastest, but you can be, uh, you can outwork people. And essentially, that's how he essentially built his career. Uh, you know, that, that, that blue collar work ethic actually had him built, that's how he built his career. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't a very big guy. But, you know, listen to this. He's four time pro bowler. He's MVP of the 2006 Super Bowl. He has all of the Steelers' records, basically having, he's got uh, career receptions, and he's got uh, uh, 
most yards at 12. Career receptions at 1,000. I don't know. Maybe Lynn Swan has more than that. But either way, 1,000 receptions, 1,000 catches, 12,083 12, yards, 85 uh, receiving touchdowns. I mean, all of those, I think, are uh, Pittsburgh records. I mean, he's been a great ambassador of the game. Uh, he helped him, you know, win three AFC championships and a pair of Super Bowl wins. I mean, that's that's some impressive that's some very impressive numbers for somebody that wasn't the biggest and wasn't the fastest nor is he the strongest i mean that's those are some really impressive stats on top of that i mean if you if you take in the the x factors of you know him being a good ambassador for the game i know that some i know some defenses think he's kind of dirty cuz he gets in there and tries to blindside some some people that are trying to make tackles cuz he's blocking so hard uh you know okay you know that happens but i, I got to love the tenacity got to love the blocking i mean he's built his built a career on 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 his work ethic so that that makes sense um I mean, dancing with the stars champion i mean <laughs> not that that means anything but still after looking at it, he spent 14 seasons in the NFL. I mean, that's that's a feat in itself. I think that is absolutely amazing. And, you know, I think this is just, this is a natural uh, uh, career, it seems. Once you, and I say natural, not that the 14 seasons is, is natural, because that doesn't happen to very many, if any. I mean, maybe 5% of the NFL maybe makes it that long. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, someone that, that, that has a, an extended career. You know, you have great success halfway through your career and you do really well and then towards the very end you're not as fast, you're not as, uh, uh, you know, the youth movement sort of catches up with you and on top of that, I mean, he was a victim. He turns 36 next week. Um, this season, you know, uh, he's slated to make four million bucks and then, you know, he spent most of the of the last season, you know, kind of with more time on the bench as you got Mike Wallace there and Antonio Brown. I mean, you got the young guys that are the, the burners and, and, and the speed guys and the youth guys. And, you know, eventually your, your, your playing time wheedles down. And before you know it, you're not playing at all because, you know, they've got guys out there that are proven that are younger, faster, stronger. And, and that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. And again, I tell this to everybody that, that I talk to you about sports and, and, you know, it's going to end. Now, whether or not you pick it, whether or not you get injured, whether or not, you know, your career just comes to an end because the team says, hey, you know, based on the numbers and, you know, hey, you're $4 million and you're 36 years old and we got all these other guys and, you know, and Pittsburgh's going through a revamping. They're trying to go to a big youth movement, too, so where they're trying to get younger and get faster and, 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 and you know, shed some, shed some uh, salary cap and shed some money. I mean... You know, unfortunately, you get you know the 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 good guys that 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 have to be cut, the older veterans, and he's well respected. I mean, so you know, after looking at it, I I think his his career is 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 Hall of Fame worthy. Now, will he get in the first ballot? I I think that also depends on who's out, who else is up for it. You know, I mean, such is the way it goes. I mean, it, you know, if there's other people that are up that have been on there for longer that have better numbers or whatever, I mean. You know, maybe they get in before he does. Does he eventually get in? Yeah, I I I do think he eventually does uh, get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I, I and, and you know and it's not like he retired. That's the other thing. Like he he says you know in this article that you know he's going to play for another team. He's looking forward. He's got more football left in him, uh, and he's going to go play for another team. And you know what? Good for him. 
Good for him. If he feels good enough that he can still play, then by all means. Now, for the team that gets him, I mean, you got to know what you're getting, obviously. I mean, he's not, he, I don't think he ever was a burner. I don't think he was ever a, a, a super fast guy. I mean, he's got, still got great hands. Uh, but, you know, you, you know what you're getting. You know, he'd be a great mentor for, a, if you had a, a whole slew of young guys, young wide receivers that need to know work ethic, how to block, and all those things. And, you know, he's, he's that guy. You bring him in, he's that guy. He reminds me of, um, well, not really, but, you know, Bobby Ingram was that same kind of player. Uh, not that I'm putting him on the same level, but, you know, I, I know Bobby Ingram. I, I thought he was the same, I think he was the same kind of player that, you know, he, he outworked you. He was a good possession guy. He wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the fastest. And, and he, and he was a, a student of the game and he could bring along a lot of the younger guys and teach them, you know, the right way to, to do it and the right way to how to, how do you have longevity? You know, how do you establish a work ethic that, that, that puts you in a position where you can stay in the league for longer and get part of the vested programs and, and take advantage of it and take advantage of it in such a way that, you can do other things like dancing with the stars and start thinking about your career after uh, of the sports. And I, and it wouldn't surprise me if if he ended up being an announcer somewhere because that's you know he's a he's a good looking guy. He seems well really well spoken. And I think you know I think he's got a good reputation. So I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he got into uh, sports broadcasting or if he got into coaching. I mean it it, it would not surprise me. Even a little bit. So, you know, I, I do, I do wish him all the best of luck and, and I, I hope, I hope he gets what he wants. I hope he gets to a team that, you know, that he, uh, uh, you know, can be a contributor and, 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 and win games and, you know, I, I hope he gets that. I really do. Uh, so now on to a session, uh, that, that we've, that we've developed called That Ain't Right. And, uh, there's some interesting things that are just completely uh, that ain't right. And and first of all, all these tornadoes that are going on in the Midwest right now, it, it, it's just causing all kinds of damage and chaos, and, and and people are losing their lives and getting injured. And that just that ain't right, folks. Get underground, get in the basement, please, 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 please take care of yourself, please. It's 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 insane. Mother Nature is no joke. Uh, the second one is. The, the school shooting in Ohio and the, and the and the school stabbings in Chicago. I'm 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 tired. I'm really really tired of that. I'm really tired of hearing, you know, our youth kill each other and stab each other and and shoot each other. And, and it's getting worse because now it's in the schools. Now it's happening at school. Now it's. I think we need to go back to where back in the day and even my in my generation. And again, I'm I'm 35. I mean, we used to knuckle it up. I, I've never been in a fight, but I know the guys back in the day, we didn't have the access to, you know, guns and weapons and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you had a problem with someone, you went outside and you guys duked it out. Now, whether or not you got in trouble with the school or whether or not your, your dad beat you up because you got beat up or whether or not your mom and dad allow you to fight, that's one thing. But that used to be the way. I mean, you know, we settled things that way. You, know, you had an issue with someone, you you talked it out, and if you couldn't talk it out, then it was time to knuckle up. Now it seems like kids are shooting other kids just for, you know, looking at each other the wrong way or stabbing each other because they want to prove how tough they are, how how crazy they are, how big they're willing to go, and it's it just it's just gotten completely completely out of control. And I I I, I don't know what's going on with our youth, and, and and I think there's a lot of things that are contributing to it. I don't. I'm not going to blame the media, and I'm not going to blame the internet. I'm not going to blame, uh, um, 
you know, the, the, the change of, of, you know, culture or whatever. I, I think it, it, there's a, they're all contributing factors. Let's say that. It's the parents. It's the way the schools run now. It's what is on the internet. It is what's on TV. But I'm not going to blame any one of those things solely. I'm going to say it's a combination and it's partly a combination of those things. And, and it's partly, and, and I think there's a lot of parents that need to look themselves in the mirror and, and, and take more responsibility for, for their kids and, and, and teachers as well. I mean, not that I, again, it's, it's a changed world. It's a different world. I'll give you that. No doubt about it. But I feel like, you know, at the core, you know, kids are still kids. You know, and I think that, you know, we have to do a better job, uh, of, of helping our youth along the way. And so that these, these kinds of things, uh, just stop. Just end it. Be, be done with it. Let's, 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 let's think about things and, and figure out a way to be more constructive with ourselves. Let's have a little bit more sense of, uh, self-worth. Uh, let's, let's, let's give them, let's give them a reason to, to, to want to be a part of the future and, 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 and give them an opportunity to have a future. You know, let's, let's do that. Let's, I, you know, it's just, I'm just tired of hearing these sad stories of kids and getting killed and, you know, shootings at schools and stabbings at schools. It's just, it's just gotta stop. You know, uh, enough simply is enough. And, and I, 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 I don't know. I it, it it's just it, it's a very it, it becomes very depressing. You know, when I w- when I lived in Chicago, I was really surprised. Uh I I think I came back. It was back in 05 and I came back and I was listening to uh the radio and they they had this big huge campaign about uh going to school for the first day. And and I'm listening to this, and they're like, yeah, you know, be sure to tell your kid to go to school for the first day and get them the books and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you know, let's get the school started off, the you know, school year started off in the right way and blah, blah. And this is on the radio, and I'm thinking, I'm really confused. I'm like, I don't get it. What, what does this mean? I have no idea what this means. And apparently, the dropout rate in, this, in Chicago public schools is like 50%. I mean, at when I was a kid, I didn't even think I had a choice. That was not a choice. You were going to school. You knew when it started. That's the day you start. There was no choice. And I think it just, it, it, it is really, really sad because it's not, I mean, it, again, it's a, it's a system thing. It's a cultural thing. It's a, it's a whole lot of things that contribute to this, this high dropout rate. And it's just insane. And I had no idea that the city of Chicago, the public schools had like a 50% dropout rate. That is just nuts. Absolutely nuts. When I was a kid, you know, I had to be thrown up in front of my parents for me to be able to be off school. I had to be almost dead in front of them. Because if I threw up the night before, then chances are I probably feel better the next morning, so you're going to school. So, I mean, it was, it wasn't a choice. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I we, we, we gotta do a better job with our youth. We absolutely positively do. So, uh, I'm gonna take a break and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this on a high note. We're gonna talk a little bit about, uh, the results from the Oscars and how I dominated JD. And I know he's not here, but, I dominated. Anyway, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, Darnell Autry, Voice America, OTS. We'll be back. Thank you. You're 
internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast Time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. And we are back. As you said, I'm your host, Darnell Autry. We're going to go ahead and wrap this show up and finish it up with a little bit of Oscar talk. Uh, so last week, me and JD, of course, you know, as you know, we, uh, didn't watch every single film that was out there. Maybe we watched maybe two or three of those films that were out there. But we all picked, we both picked, uh, for various categories, but first I want to give a little. I, I thought it was really good. I thought the bro- the broadcast of the show was really good. I watched it. I was a fan of it. I don't know how long it's been since Billy Crystal has has done the show, but uh, I think he did a great job. Uh, I think he looks old, but I think we're all getting old, which is crazy. But he did look old. I know he's had some work done, but I mean he looked older. There's no doubt about it. But I thought overall that the show was great. I, I really had a hard time hearing um, what everybody came to to hear, which was his uh, his opening number. Um, uh, I, I couldn't hear it really that well. I, maybe it was because of the sound. Maybe because the, the it was wasn't very clear when I listened to it on 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 the radio. I mean on TV. I just was like I wasn't sure, so I wasn't catching all the jokes that everybody was laughing at. But uh, I I think I think he did a great job. I I really really enjoyed it and. Uh, he, it seemed like they did less gimmicks and dressing up and more about, they did the small little segments, little film segments, uh, for the show. And I thought, I really, really appreciated that. I thought it was, um, really well done. So I wanted to, uh, fly through, uh, some of these, these, uh, uh, the picks here. Uh, so for best short film, uh, animated short film, of course, I picked right, uh, the fantastic flying book of, uh, Mr. Morris, uh, Les Moore won, uh, and for that I got, uh, three points, uh, which means uh, JD got none. Uh, and then best documentary, which was, again, which was really great to see, and I, and I, and I jumped up, and I don't know why I jumped up, but it 
I think I might have scared my niece. I jumped up, really pumped up when um, Undefeated won for uh, Best Documentary. Uh, one of the guys uh, that actually uh, produced the show or was involved in the show was uh, um, is an ESPN guy, and, I, and I, I do believe he's an ex-NFL guy, which I thought was great. Uh, both me and JD picked that. We both got five points for that. And then uh, Best Achievement in Music Written for a Motion Picture Original Song. Uh, there was only two. It was The Muppets and Rio. So uh, JD went with Rio. I went with The Muppets. Of course, I won that. Uh, and then Best Achievement uh, uh, in a Music uh, in Music Written for a Motion Picture Original Score. Uh, me and JD both went with uh, The Artist, and we both got that correct. And then we went achievements in costume design. Uh, I went with the artist again. Uh, I got that. JD got zero. And then best achievement in art direction. Uh, I went with Hugo, uh, and I got that right. Again, JD got none. Uh, achievement in editing. Uh, JD actually got this one. He went with uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh, so... Uh, good work, JD. Uh, best animated picture of the year. JD got that right. He went with Rango. Um, best written screenplay, uh, written directly for the screen. Uh, JD got that one right with uh, Midnight in Paris. That's uh, the uh, Woody Allen film. Uh, best achievement in directing. I actually got that right with uh, Michael uh, Hazinzivizicius. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I mean, I, I, how does this dude's name this long? Like 13 letters. Anyway, he's the, the director. He's the director for uh, The Artist, which is a silent film. And again, it, it got a lot of love, but so did Hugo. Hugo got a whole lot of love on the technical side. So, uh, And then uh, Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role. JD got that right. He went with Octavia Spencer, which I thought her a little... Uh, her speech was uh, was amazing. She was uh, it was really heartfelt, and I thought it was great. And I know she uh, it, it was just great to see. It really was. It was a, a, a really great moment. Uh, best performance by an actress in a leading role. JD actually got that one right. Uh, I, it, we, we went to Meryl Streep. You know, after watching, uh, you know, we, while you're watching the show, they give you all the little previews of the different movies and things. And after seeing the previews and and the way that the awards were going, uh, it it clearly made sense. Uh, of course, after the fact, but during it, I was like, ah, oh, man, I should have went with Meryl Streep. I actually went with um, a Glenn Close because I thought that her, uh, you know, portrayal of this this uh, Albert Knob, Albert Hobbs or Knobs or whatever his name was, and they, he she actually played a male role, which I thought. Looked awesome. Uh, we're gonna, and, and that's the other thing I loved about it the most is that you know me and my sister and niece sat there and watching the show. I'm like, oh yeah, we got to watch that. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, that looks interesting. So we got a chance to see uh, some previews of some other movies that we're gonna have to check out. But Meryl Streep, I mean, I guess she's been nominated for like 14 Oscars and only won two, but I think this year made three, which was absolutely that's what an incredible. Excuse me. What an incredible career that Meryl Streep has had. I, I think she's really, really talented and really great. Not that, <laughs> not that Meryl needed my little uh, vote of confidence or, or me to say that. I mean, her her career speaks for itself. Uh, but JD got that one right. And then best performance by an actor in a leading role. Um, me and JD, we I actually got that right. I went with uh, that guy John Dejardin, uh for the artist. Uh, 
again, silent film. Uh, he's he's a French guy, so of course <laughs> every time I every time he starts talking, I just want to go oh wee wee, and it, and I, it, it, he does sound like that. I'm, I'm be honest, he really does sound like that. So you know, he did a little bit part at the end after he had accepted the award, and he was like, you know, what would this character say in, in his French accent, of course? What would this character say if he could actually talk? And then he went, I mean, he just went nuts. Wah, wah, wah. I mean, it was it was. It was a sight to be held. I was kind of nervous, and I was like, I, I, I don't really know what's going on, but um, it was it was cool to see that. And you know, they had a few weird moments because they have this dog that's in the film. And they brought the, the dog to the to the event, and I, and I, I think I saw something where they they caught this dude John uh, kissing the dog. And I don't know. I, I'm not saying tongue kissing them or nothing like that, or deep passionate love kissing. I'm just saying he let the dog lick him in the mouth, which is which. Which to me, and I, I, I like dogs, but I don't like them that much. Where they have them lick them in the mouth, lick me in the mouth. Uh, and I know, I know, I get it. Dogs' mouths are cleaner than humans, but dogs also lick themselves. So I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't roll with it. I can't let a dog lick me in the mouth. So not that anybody else that lets their dog lick them in the mouth or tongue kisses them or or gives them uh, food off their fork or whatever. However you play with your animals, that's all well and good. But me, I, nah, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm all covered with that. Um, uh, best picture uh, of the year. I actually picked that one correctly, uh, and it went to the artist. Uh, again, I, I haven't seen it, uh, but it, it clearly for it to have no words in it uh, and to have as much uh, uh, praise that it's gotten. You know, I definitely have to check this out. Uh, I got to say that I'm a little bit jaded though because. And I told this, told you this before when I was you know, a couple shows ago that when I went and saw when I watched the Oscars and I saw the Castaway won uh, for Best Picture and then I was like oh I have to see this because if it, if again it's him by himself you know if he wins an Oscar then I got to check this out and I watched it and I was kind of like oh no I don't know I don't I I didn't I didn't completely agree with it but I, I get. Why he wanted, I mean, the, the transformation and the effort that he put forth, I mean, absolutely, I think he definitely, definitely deserved it. Uh, so, the end result, uh, the overall tally of this, uh, little, uh, uh, bet was that JD scored 36 points. Darnell scored 46 points. That is a 10 point domination, JD. Take that in your face. Uh, I don't even know what the wager was, but I think it had something to do with, uh, uh, dancing like a chicken or something like that. So I'll have to, I'll have to get JD to pay up next week. So, but I want to take this opportunity to thank you all very much again for tuning in. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. Uh, next week, hopefully we'll do a lot better. JD will be back and we'll be back at it again. Thank you very much for joining us. Darnell Autry, Voice America, OTS. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry can be heard live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Come back next week for another exciting show.